welcome to The Elastic Brand, I'm Liz Alcote. Once again, today's show is kindly sponsored by With Jack. With Jack exists to help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have a problem with a client. With Jack is all about people like us, the designers, developers, illustrators and all-round web pros that haven't been given the insurance answer they deserve in the past. Here's a situation that With Jack recently helped out with. A designer was accused of copyright infringement for using an image without the correct license. Their professional indemnity insurance provided legal experts to negotiate with the license holder how much the settlement should be and the cost of the legal fees and settlement was covered under the policy. They make it really straightforward by championing one policy for one group of professionals with zero cancellation fees and monthly plans you have complete control over your insurance. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Naomi White. Naomi is a brand designer and creative director from Newcastle. She runs Branded by Naomi, an agency that creates captivating brands for social good businesses. I've been a long-term fan of Naomi's beautiful work and have enjoyed hearing her speak at various events over the years on the topic of design. So it's a huge pleasure to welcome you to the show, Naomi. Hello, Liz. Hello. (laughs) Early on this Friday morning. <laughs> I know. No, thanks so much for having me. It's lovely to be chatting. How is how is the weather in, in Newcastle? It's actually morning? beautiful this morning. It's a very pink sky and excitingly getting lighter earlier. Ten past seven, oh. it was light in the sky. I know, and light Amazing. in the evenings as well, which yeah, is so nice. It, it is. It's wonderful. We, uh, we recently moved into an office space, so going into the office space when it's dark and coming out when it's dark has been quite depressing. Mm. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? How do we get through it? Every winter, I think, I can't get through another one and then <laughs> it creeps up on us. But I'm definitely going to emigrate to Australia one of these days. <laughs> it's a good plan. <laughs> Have a bit of sunshine. Um, so for um, any of our listeners who haven't sort of heard about your your work or come across you before, could you give us a little potted history as to your background and how you became a brand designer? Of course. So my uh, background is in agency world across a number of different agencies. One was very web and marketing focused. Mm -hmm. Another was pure advertising. Um, So for the likes of Audi and Aviva Insurance were my two Mm. main things that I worked on there. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a branding agency in Covent Garden in London um, and loved what I did there. But I was very much on the digital side of things rather than creating the brands themselves. So it was more of extending those brands out into the digital world because at that point in time in circa what, 2008 um the two things were still very separated yeah. mm. so uh so I kind of led up the digital design team but it was um my heart was kind of on the other side where it all started mm. so uh so yeah in 2010 I started my own studio and yeah crazily for the last 10 years I'm not quite sure where the time's gone I've been working with a whole array of different clients um and but last year have kind of actually put some time into rebranding and uh reworking exactly who I work with how I work with them and um yeah giving myself a lot more focus for the for the next 10 years Mm. And you've just you've just redone, well, as you say, you've just rebranded your own work and your website's really beautiful and very unique as well. Mm, thank it's really you. Very refreshing to see um, different thought through style. Um, I think it can be quite easy just to create a kind of very generic. Um, particularly as creative people, we seem to be quite bad at making our own websites very interesting and applying that creativity to them. And I think you've really done that with yours. Yeah, thank you, Liz. Yeah, it's so commonplace. I mean, I've been, uh, I've, I've done that for years and years. I haven't mm. put enough time and effort into, I, I don't, I've never done for myself what I would usually do for my mm. clients. And I think that's what we all struggle with because we struggle mm. with the time the clients come first. So therefore our own branding and our own output and marketing of ourselves kind of goes to the bottom of the list, which yeah. is um, soul destroying um, because you know that you're, you know, you're, capable of so much more um but obviously priorities 
always end up being, well, you know, I have to get X, Y, and Z done first for the people who mm. are paying me. Um, so, you know, I, I was culprit of that for a long, long time. And last year, I actually took out a number of, a, a good number of weeks, um, probably up to a couple of months, if I'm honest, um, to spend the amount of time that it needed yeah. on it and really, yeah, get back to basics of okay what would I do for my clients and actually yeah, turn that in on myself and mm. and spend a good amount of time there and yeah. it was great and I wish I'd done it sooner. <laughs> Did you do sort of a, an actual proper brand exercise on yourself like you would on your client? Um, probably not quite as in-depth as I usually yeah. would um, because we'll talk a little bit about it but I work with a, a verbal brand strategist now and I didn't involve her in the process so mm. it was very much just from a visual side um mm. but yeah I tried to do as much as I would normally do with a client so I tried to give myself a couple of options of yeah. approaches um tried to yeah think outside of the box in terms of okay I'm a creative agency so how on earth can I how do I still hold my own personality while whilst putting out a, a portfolio which um, you know where every single project is vastly different and looks mm. very different how do I how do I juxtapose that in a way that's not going to be really jarring and ugly yeah, yeah. <laughs> because obviously we all have the same problem when we're doing creative for other people we don't want our own creative to then get in the way mm. um we st- but we want it to be impressive enough to attract new customers so yeah it's that it's 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 that getting that balance right I suppose mm. um and yeah and I had loads of fun doing it so yeah so for anyone who's interested they can see it at brandedbynaomi.com but I, I I make up little miniature uh, sets for each project that I work on so as an example I work with a brilliant charity child.org who are based in London and they work with school children uh, in Kenya Mm-hmm. So the little miniature setup for that is literally just a little school desk and mm. pencils and 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 paper, um, and then I mix that with some of the elements that I I, I kind of digitally input those mm. um, and comp it all together of the digital assets that kind of create their brand in the background, so it kind of creates this nice um freeze I suppose if you mm. like of like digital versus real um in camera photography and it's just a lot of fun so it keeps mm. my enthusiasm for the kinds of work that I'm doing higher and it makes me want to update my portfolio which has always been a massive issue yeah. in my past yeah um I've just um I'm surprised you know like uh, that anybody gets in touch with me because my marketing of myself and my self-promotion has always been extremely bad <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that, yeah. to be honest, to one extent or another. Yeah, it's um, it's just so unique the way you do it. It must, it, as you say, it must be so much fun to to do. Sort of add a real different element. It to. is, yeah. It's been really fun, even just buying the physical products for it. I just got a, I just bought a, a like a, a cheap, a cheap enough, um, pop up light box that I use. Mm. Um, and yeah, just use my DSLR and and a and a tripod um of you know of those I already had yeah. and yeah just um it's been a lot of fun and I've always always had a big passion for physical product and and the mm. physical tangible stuff so yeah getting that I suppose into my work and that came out of you know treating myself as the client well what mm. what am I really into what makes me different why you know what kind of visual would um come across as me and another thing I think that comes across is white space <laughs> mm. I'm a huge fan of white space and the clients that I've worked with the longest know this um mm. but uh yeah it's an it's it's interesting that that I also wanted that to to shine through so I remember at the time when I was doing it my uh husband <laughs> James White was very Mm, mm-hmm. it's very sparse because his work is the complete polar opposite <laughs> of course and um yes. and I was like yes, it is. yeah <laughs> yes yes it is um white space this is my friend um yeah but it kind of um it's good that it then gives it really does represent what kind of work I then do offer my clients yeah. because you know we still I <laughs> even yesterday I had some client feedback um a bit. it's just a, a part of the project but a Squarespace layout that we did and mm. a part of their their feedback was there's a lot of white space and in, in it we have to scroll quite a lot and um it's quite un- unbelievable that obviously we're still getting that kind of feedback in 2020 mm. but also it's a 
it's a reminder of how important it is for me to um, have those conversations earlier. Also have that uh, feeling on the website and in everything that I do so that when people consider working with me, they know that that's the kind of design that I am, you know, that, that yeah. I will then automatically put within um, within my work with them. Yeah, it's a good shortcut to know if you're a good fit for each other, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. To some degree. Um, and you work with social good businesses. What what makes a social good business? Yeah, so obviously it's it's arguable that social good is expected from every business these days. So whether it's creating a, a greener office or uh, recycling, uh, mm. reducing paper waste um, through to equality driven staff hires, for example. Mm. Um, but I, I work specifically with organisations whose product or service directly improves the lives of individuals or communities. So it's all about building a more progressive world, but also it being in line with my own personal ethics and, mm. and my own morals. Um, so obviously that goes from the likes of charities, nonprofits, community interest companies. I work with many of those, but there are also businesses out there who, where they're, um, you know, they come across as any other business and they make money. Uh, however, what they do, um, in my opinion, mm. um, directly, uh, works towards a, a better world. So yeah. a good example of that is a, a client I'm currently working with, we're, we're hoping to relaunch the brand in, in a few weeks time. Um, but it's a company called Eridus who are based up here in the, in the Northeast and they have a wonderful product. It's a, it's a food, um, tech product. So, Again, you wouldn't imagine it's, um, you know, <laughs> me working with them as a social good business. However, they um, so in the in the food uh, in the food industry, obviously, you've got many different audiences, many different people handling the food. So you've got the manufacturers who make it, the wholesalers who then, you know, take it on and then sell it out to other caterers and retailers yeah. and then there's us at the very end the the consumer the people who go into a shop or go into a restaurant and buy that food so Eridus works with all four of those audiences mm. um to ensure that every bit of food um you can find out exactly what ingredients what allergens um what uh where in the world that food has come from where all the ingredients have come from you can find out all that information in one right. place so yeah. with them it was very much a when we first started speaking to them um i actually know i know the 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 ceo through a, a friend an old school friend um so when they first approached me i thought oh is this going to be the right fit but actually mm -hmm. having that initial meeting with them and realizing just how big of a problem this is um, of getting that information to the consumer. Um, obviously, we were, you know, really, really keen to work with them. Um, and it, it, it has huge knock-on effects. I mean, I'm sure you heard the story of poor um, Natasha um, a couple of years ago yeah. was the unfortunate, um, she, you know, she was the, mm -hmm. the girl in the UK who died on a plane by eating a pret sandwich because it wasn't yeah. labelled with the allergen um, that she was allergic to and it's devastating and her family have been campaigning ever since and it's just passed um so Natasha's law has just passed mm. uh, into law and it's going to be coming into play I think in 2021 um and what that law means is that caterers now take the full responsibility of um of whether you know their um, whether it's a restaurant and they've you know they've served a, an entire meal or whether it's a sandwich in in, in a in pret or, or you know in any other chain, mm. um, they take full responsibility for you know if anything went wrong. So that is a huge huge mm. shift in the UK law and obviously so the likes of someone like Eridus are super key and super important in that so that and they're obviously building tools that will then help those caterers even more so um labeling um instant labeling of any recipe for example because they have all of the data that is verified from manufacturers but also they have their own in-house verification on on things all the time yeah. so yeah so real game changer real game changer it. yeah um and a fantastic company to work with and we've we've been fortunate enough to um, you know they're really engaged with their rebrand because you know they've gone from a startup 
pretty much um, a few, uh, you know, 2014, I think, uh, 15. Um, they've gone from that stage to now being, you know, the the leader in what they do. And they want to, you know, they want to be the one place that people come to and the, the name that people know. Yeah. So with that in mind, obviously, we've, um, we've, we've loved working with them, but it's quite, it's turned into a, a a very wide lovely project which is the kind of you know project that I love working on um the most really so from obviously the ideation of everything and um working on them with brand workshops strategy verbal and visual um all of that really important stuff all the way through to currently um I'm working with them on their office refit and ensuring yeah that the brand goes through so that the staff are engaged with it each day and um and we've got the wonderful um Vic Bell who I'm a big fan of she's mm-hmm. <laughs> she's uh, wonderful and um, we've got her in to um redesign the set of we we want to create a standard set of icons that people mm. everyone designers alike but everyone um including you know caterers can start to use um that becomes the the standard set that everyone wants to use um and obviously working with someone as talented as Vic it means that you know we've got three different versions in line and fill and we can go down to tiny tiny sizes that are needed on those menus um which doesn't really exist at the moment um the food standards agency have a really terrible set um which are very they're they're not good at all um and you know just simple things like contrast and sizing and that kind of thing Mm. just just break um so yeah so we're making some real we feel like we're part of you know we're part of their team and and Mm. we're really making a difference so I think that's that's what makes a social good business so it doesn't necessarily need to be the charity or the community interest company that I work with so often it can also be you know the the normal uh, business and in this case business to business mm-hmm. um, but actually that business to business filters through to all of our lives and uh, and improves them yeah absolutely it sounds like a very exciting project to work on and one that has huge potential as well for future future growth absolutely um, it's exciting to see how that how that develops so with these kinds of organizations the the social good businesses that are doing things differently um what does does that bring different challenges than we'd normally face with uh you know a a normal in inverted commas brand design project yeah it's a great question um I think more so with the the charities and the community Mm. interests um companies uh it definitely does make a there are a lot more challenges um the the main one is that a lot more people are generally involved um, yes. and the brand needs to work for a lot more people, but it also needs to work for the supporters of that charity, mm. um, the volunteers, um, the the constant volunteers that they have coming in and out of the office. Those brand assets need to be really, really easy to work with and understandable and um, flexible. Um, yeah. The brand itself needs to last a long time, as any brand does, but with a charity, it needs to be flexible enough for them to be able to, if they if they put a new campaign out or they're talking about the um, where the last round of funding went and how it was mm. used, quite often, obviously, to keep supporters engaged, that needs to feel slightly different and new and engaging um, with still within their brand. So there's quite a lot of levels of challenges and um, mostly it's, um, you know, about those brand assets being really, um, being really flexible and, and open enough to, um, mm-hmm. to shift as they need to. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's in a way it's quite, why I'm quite a good fit or why I like doing this kind of work. So I'm a bit of a strange designer in that. I love doing all of the hard work. Like I, abs- <laughs> I absolutely love building. Um, I call them brand asset libraries. I basically give clients a, a Google Drive link with so much stuff on it. Um, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, stuff that it's fully guidelined and and fully, you know, um, adaptable and workable. I'm not just giving them mm. things they don't know what they are, yeah. but um, hopefully, giving them lots and lots of flexibility for the future. And I love creating that for people wow. because I know that. I know that in their day to day, that's going to make such a 
big, big difference. Um, so whether that's a, um, a a template, a presentation template, or whether you know it's a document template, through to individual assets that they can use to pull on top of an image, then then put push that out on social media. Um, that equally is important, really, um, because they're used so often now. And obviously, with especially with charities and community interest companies, that kind of thing, they you know their output what they put on instagram what they what they're pushing out on their email campaigns is super important um and it and it does need to hold that engagement so yeah that's that's a big challenge (laughs) it's also important from your point of view in that when you direct people to the work you've done you want to see it used properly don't you correctly and i think can sometimes be a problem you know as designers we can be guilty of doing all the lovely creative bit and then like just throwing some kind of you know files and assets at them and like then we go on and see how they've used them like, oh it wasn't meant to be used like that you know yeah. and it doesn't look right I think it's yeah. so good that you take the time to provide that for them yeah it is, it is always a frustration and don't get me wrong I still have that frustration um however I learn a little bit more every time I see it and do that so learning more I mean the the perfect example of that was um a couple of years no it would have been last year I worked with child.org on um their biggest campaign yet which was called team mum and it was um the donations were it was through UK aid match we got the funding through UK aid which was a fantastic win for such a small charity and they would double the donations um so it was a really really huge important campaign that we wanted to make as much money as we possibly could through because it was then going to be doubled by the UK government um but with that campaign we had so many different lines of action from comedy events through to people doing sponsored silences Mm. through to individual you know people just doing their own fundraising for it um the ride africa um another of Mm. their um another of their brilliant um setups to to bring in um donations they did a a themed team mum event so that's a whole other cycle event um as i say the comedy there was theater performances there was um pop-up singing events in in london um train stations there's all sorts of activity going on Mm. around this campaign so to make something that was so flexible that you know joe from the public (laughs) could use um to comp together a little poster through to it feel it's still feeling like team mum and feeling like it's got any sort of consistency is is a huge challenge because you know a lot of people they they won't see it in the same way as 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 a designer would or a creative would so um building that was brilliant and I think I'd learned so much in the last number of years about how that can go wrong quite quickly yeah. <laughs> um that we built such a flexible um it was it was kind of grungy in its feel in that it was just lots we were I worked with an illustrator Emma Mary Douglas who's wonderful and she built um we obviously are directing her to um allow us to to use her assets in a really really layered way which is the default way that she works anyway so layering lots of like grungy type assets if you like um and then having a number of different badges that again felt like you could place them anywhere um it you know they didn't have any strict like you have to place this here the the guidelines around that had to be really loose um Mm -hmm. but they still had to you know evoke that feeling of that campaign so um so yeah really really challenging but I mean the best creative challenge I mean I I love I love that kind of challenge um and then I suppose in terms of other challenge I suppose in terms of generally in 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 answer to your question in terms of other challenges is obviously budget is always Mm -hmm. um, a challenge when it comes to those initial conversations with um charities non-profits CICs they're obviously they don't they're nervous of spending money on brand and I'm always open and honest with them of whether I think they need it right now um because a a lot of the time you'll get a brand new um a startup or or you know a brand new organization who are just starting out um I I might get them approach me and say you know we want we want to do this how much will this be or whatever and I mean my initial feedback to them is 
okay, th- this is my normal cost for our entire brand mm. process. I don't recommend that you spend that right now. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, you should be looking to create something potentially in-house or something with, you know, uh, potentially a freelance designer um, and concentrate on the business, the output, the running of the of the organisation. Ensure that it's all solid there. And then brand is super, super important, but it's probably best for you to invest in it properly, mm-hmm. you know, year two, three to five you know it, de- it depends on how you know what that yeah. business is and how successful it is or how quick yeah. how quickly it gets there um alternately obviously there's people who come to me who have done pretty much that and they have a a brand that's it's done them okay until this point but now they want to like take it to the next level and that's that's what eridus did as well with us um you know they were they, they concentrated on the product um and that's what was important for all this time and then now is the time that to you know to invest in 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 proper branding so yeah yeah, it's always it's always a difficult conversation but I'd rather be really obviously uh, as open as I can be on it (laughs) yeah definitely um do you have a do you does does branded by Naomi have a specific sort of process that you go through once you've sort of found a company that's the right fit for you and um you know they they are at a point where they're ready to to brand or rebrand do you have a specific process that you work through yeah absolutely so I work for for the last few uh well for the last kind of eight years I worked on my own mainly and then I pulled in copywriters illustrators developers as and when I needed them um which has always worked really well for me and also it keeps the cost down for the client I also just roll all of my project management and general management into the into you know my day rate which then I work out project rates to um so that's worked really well however last year is when I started to um really think about things last year and get you know get my ducks in a row if you like Mm -hmm. um I realized that so a lot of a lot of the businesses that I work with will they might want to do a little bit of the verbal work themselves or maybe they have someone in house who has done that a lot of the charities have um, people in place who are purely on communication so I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with them or uh, you know on that part of it and strategize with them on mm. you know visual and verbal together but what was missing from my offering was having a constant um involvement on that verbal side of your brand which is just as important as the visual um so I had worked with um Rose Radker she's based in Brighton I'd worked with her on a couple of other projects um through other people like through charity through a charity and through a CIC um and we we worked really well together so we started to talk last year about actually can we partner together all the time more often you know like let's build um let's build a process around us both working together on um both the verbal and the visual working yeah. together um cohesively and obviously for for bigger agencies that's just a default it's part of you know part mm. of the offering part of what happens but for us um that are working on our own it was quite a big step um but a really really positive one um so yeah so we've um we run a process together um which has been like gold dust to me really I'm I'm really really happy with it so we um to be honest like the the verbal side of things runs it in the beginning um so we do uh but obviously we look at the visual as well from from day one but we so we in terms of process (laughs) let me get to the point Naomi um so uh week one um (laughs) we uh we obviously have an immersion meeting with the client we'll do it in person if we can we'll try our hardest to get it to their office um if it's not within this country (laughs) we then obviously do that remotely um but you know we will try our hardest to um to spend a good amount of time with them and and immerse ourselves it It does it makes a huge difference so yeah if it's if it's affordable we'll we'll make it there um if not we will run it remotely um but obviously that's just you know to kick off the project help us understand everything why you know why they exist their their challenges their ambitions key audiences um 
you know who their competitor organizations are um their 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 uh, key differentiators you know mm-hmm. usps um anything you know anything that we kind of need to know to kind of get yeah. ourselves immersed in in their world as because as we all know you know you have you <laughs> you work with so many different people throughout your career that and you're you just shift your knowledge base to yeah. you know whatever it is that, that that they do for a good amount of weeks or months mm-hmm. um so that immersion meeting is really key. Um, and then from then we go into a strategic review. So we, we look at things like um, landscape research, like where do they currently sit in their, in their market? Yeah. Um, and, and how do they sit in terms of current social or political challenges? Like where are we with that? Where are they with that? Um, obviously, um, politically and social um, come into every kind of business so it's just understanding where they sit within that mm. um we we do a, a competitor review so we'll look at about three to five competitors and um that goes it all of this stuff goes into a workshop which i'll talk about but that's the competitor review is really key for for the clients as well because they love mm. nothing more than looking at their competitors and Absolutely. us telling them what's not working yeah <laughs> um, but we also share with them what is working because that's actually more important yeah. um we don't, you know, sit there and just be like, yeah, this isn't good and that isn't good. Yeah, That's not, not productive. Helpful, it's it? not helpful at all. Um, but it's actually about what are they doing right and why are they why are they doing these things right? And um, obviously from our point of view, we can tell verbally and visually, we can give them some reasons of why. Yeah. Um, and we, then we, we also do stakeholder interviews. So we'll try and work with, um, we'll work with, we'll try and talk to um staff members who work you know for that organization but we'll also try and speak to any of their audiences or their clients or whoever it is so we will we'll tend to do between I don't know anywhere between four and eight um yeah. different stakeholder interviews obviously we're still a small team so we don't do, it's that's not endless um but we do a small number of them and that information is just so key mm. um we also try and transcribe those if we get permission from them so that that content can either down the line we can use it for quotes because obviously we get really lovely feedback um yeah. wonderful feedback about um the business side of of what they're doing um but also it helps us um you know gauge and measure uh ourselves against those comments and maybe the kinds of things that currently the brand might be lacking or the current you know they're not feeling a certain way when they look or read content from that brand yeah and so it gives us something to measure against and look back to um constantly and also that's really super interesting for them to hear as well because a lot of the time you don't usually hear what your audience think of you visually or verbally at all you know it's just they don't they wouldn't ask so it's like well just let us (laughs) let us have that conversation um and then all of that stuff forms um and obviously we do that on the visual side as well so we'll go through you know uh obviously same thing um and then that that all works into uh, a brand workshop where we summarize everything that we found Mm -hmm. we put that into we build a a big presentation out and again we do we definitely do this in-house where we can um which is obviously much easier when they're uk based (laughs) um but uh yeah we we then do like a half to full day workshop with them where we go through everything that we've learned every and we share all the competitor stuff all of the stakeholder interviews and then we um move on in the afternoon to our recommendations of what we have taken from that and what we then plan or what what are our initial thoughts of the things that we really need to keep in mind when building out the visual and verbal brand strategy um and kind of get their initial engagement their initial reaction to those things um see if it's mutually agreeable um see if you know see if we're in the right um the right place and then that obviously helps us inform our next lot of work so yeah that's really really great like we love we love running those brand workshops they're super um they're super fun and really good for the client too they're they're really enthusiastic about them I always feel there's a lot of light bulb moments for clients in those meetings aren't there those, yeah. those kind of workshops and stuff yeah absolutely and I think it gives um obviously one thing that we I think we we can all say that we struggled with whether it's in the past or still currently we 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 can struggle with um clients 
reactions to something mm. that is just visual. So, oh, I don't like the color blue. Mm. Um, so what this helps with is giving us something to measure against mm. to then go, uh, y- yes. Yeah, so is that a personal reaction to that? Is it just that you don't like the color blue or is it actually against all of this landscape research stake, you know, what people have said, um, you know, can we take that they wouldn't like, so we, it, it gives us that pivot to be able to remind because we've done that work, um, to be able to remind that actually this isn't about personal opinion. This is about what's right for, uh, for your organization and for your audiences to then engage with it. Well, so, um, yeah I think we've all struggled with that but um, it does it gives us a good basis for that Um, and then we we then what we do is we go away and both of us work on our initial um, our initial ideas so at this point Rose is much further forward than me because she's probably already got a draft um, Mm. vision mission um, values in that brand works workshop as well sorry we do go through values so we do a little bit of you know Mm. um paper cut cutouts we take them along we get the staff involved and we try and get them to like you know really get to the bottom of what their values are and and also what their personality is Mm. so we we do that with them so rose at this point is probably yeah she's probably a lot more um you know she's got draft versions of everything that she's working on but at this point i still have nothing so then the next um stage is then to go into development where um she firms up all of those things works on um what is a what will be like her suggestion her first suggestion and a vision mission values um uh and personality and then i go and work on um so I know that you've talked about this a lot Liz on this podcast but (laughs) what I tend to do is I will work on a minimum of two and a maximum of three (laughs) um approaches I know (laughs) so um yeah minimum of two maximum of three approaches to the visual side Mm -hmm. of a brand so in it's my belief that there is always more than one way Mm -hmm. um, to do something. What I certainly agree with you on and I certainly don't um, agree with is I've seen agencies in the past where they've gone back to the client with 30 different logo marks Mm -hmm. and nothing else. And that's really, really not helpful at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I've experienced it in companies that I've worked with and it's it's horrific because that helps nobody. And it's it's not giving the client any sort of context. And it's also confusing them because it's, you're just showing them a wall of logo marks and well, how am I going to pick from this? And also, you know, these days, you can just go and buy a logo mark online if you want, if that's all you're doing. So there's no there's no strategy behind that. So um, I certainly don't do that. But what, I, what I'll do is um, I will build out two to three because um, of a number of reasons. Um, I think there's more than, there's always one more than one way to do it, as I say. Um, but also um, I think a lot of the time, if I've done it in the past, if I've gone to a client with just one thing, they don't then have a comparison they don't then I I find it very hard for them to just be fully trusting of like Mm. oh yeah that's it that's brilliant no matter how good it is um because they don't then have the comparisons they'll always be wondering what if Mm. and um I, I find that doing two to three approaches is um is definitely been really helpful in my process. So yeah. um, it, it gives me a lot of information as well about what they like and what they don't like. But a lot, a, much of the time, um, they'll very easily be able to say, oh yeah, I'm not into that one. It's mm. definitely this one, which allows the rest of the process to be that little bit easier because they know that we've looked at a number of different options, but actually, yeah, they, they, they feel pulled to that one so it also gives them like silent confirmation that like yeah 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 we're going the Mm. right way um and when I say approaches so I don't um what I always do and it does I do take a lot of time on this bit um and so I think sometimes that might be a little bit frustrating because obviously the client after that brand workshop is they're super pumped and then they have to wait you know three weeks for that next meeting um but I do um but I find it it's really rewarding um in the longer term so I'll spend a good amount of time working on um whole approaches so it's not just a logo mark it is looking at 
how that um, color typography, illust- potentially illustration, photography style, all of that stuff can be applied um, and how they might use that in marketing or how they might use that in their, their brand stationery. So I'll, I'll pick, you know, things that are more specific to that company. If their business cards are something that they use at networking events every week, then I'll comp that up. Um, But if it's, you know, much more, if it was a charity that was, you know, always, um, you know, campaigning for things, I'll do something that's more relevant to that. So I'll give them, I'll explain, obviously, the individual things that that create um, an overall brand, but I will will do it in a way where those two to three approaches include all of that stuff. Mm. So, So they get a really good feel for how that entire little mini brand at that point could um could yeah could which direction the uh, it would push their their organization into um you normally have a favorite at that point do you normally have one which you think that's the right one often yeah um often i do however um i will never show the client something that i don't think will work one that's not strong enough or not as good strategically as something else Mm. and if something is we had this with Eridus actually because we went back we 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 showed them we did a bit of hand holding in a way because I was a bit nervous with that client I would I don't think they were they were quite ready for something super radical Mm. so we went in that with something that was safe and something that was pushing them to a really good place and they actually came back and asked could we actually pay you a bit more money to look at a third that's wow. completely radical and something way different. Hmm. We did that and they really appreciated it, but they came back to that to that second one. Yeah. So it's um a lot of the time I do feel like it is just the client needing to see why it fits. Yeah. yeah. It needs they need to find it feel like they've had enough exploration that it is the right way to go, but also, you know, know that strategically it's it's sound. Um so yeah, I wouldn't ever share anything with anyone that I didn't I wouldn't recommend and that I would never want to run with. Um but I do, because I do believe there is always one more than one way um mm. of of creating something that feels right. It's just, you know, different visually. So we'll always go in with the same verbal um recommendations there's no options there but in terms of visual I do I do believe there's always um there's always many ways we can do it and then it's just about um you know um bringing that down filtering that down to a core two or three that we think are really strong um that you know and then it's kind of over to them really of which direction they kind of feel best suits them Mm. that's very interesting Mm. I I actually after a chat we had recently I did I did do that with a client. Did you? How did it go? I personally struggled with it yeah. um, because it's not really a way I've worked before. So I kind of had the the dream, you know, the one that I felt was absolutely perfect for them. Yep. And then I, I did struggle. I had other ideas as well, other directions, but I really struggled executing those. Right, um, yeah. That was my real, real kind of um, problem with it. Um and and but it, but it happened and the client went with the, the the initial one which I wasn't surprised about at all but it was a learning it was a learning curve mm, for me but yeah, yeah it was a good try definitely yeah I think I think personally it is it is a it's definitely a shift if it's not something that you've that yeah. you've done um I can yeah I really appreciate that um I think I've always done it because I've I've almost been forced into that way when I started out on my because yeah. working with working with the types of companies that I work with um you know they they expected they they wanted to see more than one thing mm. um but actually doing it more and more you know con- consistently over the years it's um yeah I find it really really rewarding but also it, it makes the rest of the process easier I feel um but you know I do do a, a hell of a lot of work I was thinking about doing a sideline of um all of the the approaches that don't get picked <laughs> Not selling, auctioning them off. Yeah, yeah. Do you develop color palettes at that stage as well, or do you send over black and white? Um, um so I always, um, yeah, interesting. I heard you talk about that on another podcast. Mm. I, lo- I will always ensure that a logo mark works in black and white. Um, mm. and it is my default. That's how I design. That's how I never input color early on. Um, 
I do introduce color palette absolutely at that mm. approach stage, but what I'll, I'll, I will always show them the black and white version first so that we are talking about the logo mark, but then obviously I'll introduce color as we then go into talking about that approach. Um, and because color is such an important, uh, mm. important part of, um, of any brand, but it, of the of the language and the things that it mm. says to us that at that point I absolutely need feedback confirmation of wh- what kind of color palette sits comfortably mm. for for that um you know for that project for so for example with Eridus um we one of our earlier color palettes um was not was kind of an experimental one to see how to see a uh, reactional wise and and how it would fit and it and it included like a like a aubergine color mm. which to them looked pink and then mm. it came down um it came down later in the process that one of the staff members really likes pink and they kept on and they're quite um a, a character full person in the office mm. so that feedback ended up coming back to me through the two decision makers of like, well, should we, can we not get pink back in it? Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh, uh, no, I would not <laughs> recommend pink at all. Um, um, because you know, you're working within the food industry and, mm. and pink in itself is, uh, you know, it's just, it's just not <laughs> synonymous not no, um, no. with, um, with, you know, you, th- in its simplest terms, you then think of food dye and all sorts mm. of things. You know, within your core uh, audience and where you sit, your positioning in your industry, it's no, no I, that color is not for you. Mm. <laughs> um, so um, it's really important to have those conversations early on, but I absolutely agree that it, a logo mark to me, I always try, I always ensure, I don't try, I always ensure that the logo mark works in black and white and it works mm. in one color, basically. So if they wanted to... Um, you know, they wanted to laser it and a piece of wood. They could. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's something I've always been um, very passionate about. Yeah. But then, you know, so- my bookshelves are full of those kinds of books from wonderful designers who have <laughs> always designed in that way. Yeah. So um, you've talked about Eridus. Are there any other projects you've recently worked on that you'd that you'd like to talk about, or or even expand on on that if you would like to? Um. Yeah. Sure. So um, I've currently also <laughs> just wrapping up a project with Social Engine who are a small organization based in London um, and they work with behavioral insights and social marketing and they work so they work only within so their values are the same as ours in that they only work with socially progressive organizations so they work with uh, local government with councils um, with student unions um, and also with charities so they are also their vision basically their the, the reason that they do their work is the same reason that I do my work which is why we align so we've just done it's been quite a small project in terms of what we would usually do um, because it was partnered with another agency that we've partnered with before called Public Life who again only work with charities and nonprofits. <laughs> so it was very much a, a small project for us and a, quite a light touch project and it was only on the visual not on the verbal because they were doing that with Public Life. Um, so that but that's been a really interesting um, lovely project as well because again they have been uh, a business for a number of years and had never put any investment or time into their visual brand at all. Um, so they were at the point where they wanted to level up and it's the perfect point, you know, to, to do that. So we work with them on um, obviously rebranding the logo mark um, look and feel, um, which went through to doing some stationery for them. And I've just, um, just at the end of, of, of basically skinning a Squarespace website for mm. them. So it's very light touch to what we would normally do. Um, and also obviously Rose has not been involved in, in the project. So um, 
so for us it's not our ideal project but it's been a lovely wonderful one yeah. and you know we can we have the capability to just to to be more like touch in that way so mm. um so yeah that's um that's also going to be coming out soon probably sooner than Eridus. um and yeah it's been a lovely one they're a small team they're really enthusiastic and their work is is wonderful you know they're um they're academics really i mean they 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 go into um councils and you know work on uh all sorts of wonderful um groundbreaking um behavioral insight work where they you know they bring together people and try and understand behaviorally why yeah. they are or not doing something um and then mm-hmm. that it helps to inform that that council to then change the way they're marketing something or the way they're talking about something or even just as simple as shifting um the way that they order a form online to then hopefully then get more engagement on that form so mm-hmm. it's yeah it's uh, the the their um their work is vast let's say <laughs> interesting company to work, work yeah. with. yeah yeah amazing so um what have been your your favorite projects to work on recently have you got or are they all different and you love them all <laughs> oh yeah they, I, yeah they are very very different I mean I've loved the different projects for different reasons um the fact that we're doing so much with Eridus is just a, a, a dream job yeah. really for for me personally because it's just so wide and we can get involved in absolutely everything which I, I love nothing more than that um but equally so um I think one of my favorite projects was um the team mum project for yeah. child.org so we we rebranded child.org a whole number of years ago I think it was maybe five six years ago we we built their core brand um their base um child.org front mm-hmm. um yeah. but with child.org they work in Oh, they work in such a wonderful progressive way in that they build small businesses um projects or offerings that then bring in money which is sustainable income rather than just going to the likes of you and I and asking for money like a lot mm. of other charities do, yeah. well a lot of the bigger charities do so they think in a they 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 work in a very very progressive forward thinking manner and I and I love working with them because they've always got a new idea <laughs> so so the amount the sheer amount of small visual brands um working with their in-house communications um manager and copywriter the amount of uh, of visual brands that I've done for them alone is insane yeah so because anything from so we've done um obviously the I mentioned it before the event ride Africa which I'm actually doing later this year which I'm terrified about because I have not been on a bike in a long long time (laughs) um yeah so ride Africa is an event um a cycling event which is 500 kilometers over five days across Kenya um and they make um they make a good amount of money through that so obviously you pay to do it but then also um you can either pay a high amount and that all of that money goes to the charity or you can pay a lower amount and also um, ask for donations personal donations as well which all of which go toward their programs in Kenya and then on the final sixth day you actually go and meet with the project that you have been directly raising money for Um, and it's just so rewarding and wonderful I can't wait to do it like you know I'm terrified of the of the chat of the sporting challenge of it um and I don't think I'll be any good at all but in terms of the um you know the experience I just Mm. I, I really cannot wait so so there's everything from that so obviously branding a a sporting event that has to you know that that event alone is um has attracted uh really really high-end sporting people because it is a really difficult challenge all the way through to Mm. you know mums you know new mums and and you know the likes of of uri so it's um it's it's wonderful so we've we've done things you know I've, I've done the the visual brand for things like that and also when it's had to be super flexible like because of budget mm. so in the short term it's like can we have a logo mark and a color palette all the way mm. through to um you know longer term but you know I've worked with them for a lot of years like they're kind of a, a partner of mine if you like so um so we we can do that because I know that the longer work will always build up toward mm. that bigger wider brand so of course I can do that 
uh, with them. Um, and they understand the um, importance of of branding. Oh, they definitely do. Yeah, they really do. They 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 understand just how how effective that is in in mm. purely in sales and and yeah, the amount of of fundraising that that can potentially earn. So mm. one of their other um, side projects a number of years ago was something called Treat, which was all about office gift um you know companies investing in small gifts um mm. to say thank you or happy birthday or happy new start at your job or mm. happy parenting so we we built products we, uh, so we did the rebrand the we rebranded it because they were i think they were basically just using you know typed out things in mm. word documents to begin with um but again find making sure that there is a business there that they had some partners that were already paying then then they could afford to invest a bit more in the brand so we got some custom packaging and boxes made that you know were um could go through letter boxes um all sorts of wonderful lovely work um and then also designed i designed with them designed the products themselves so what what goes in the happy parenting box and helping them you know mm. find products that we could then add value to so simple printing on baby grows that for that the kind of thing you know um so uh but that and that unfortunately that that well it's still it's still going I shouldn't say unfortunately but it hasn't brought in anywhere near the amount of money or partnerships that they were hoping for but the wonderful thing about that is that you know they still have a big partner in it it's still running but it's running very uh, on a very small scale to what they hoped it would be mm. but then something like Ride Africa has hugely taken off yeah. um so obviously there's there's risk involved in what in in how they do that but they're really open about it with their volunteers, which is lovely. Their volunteers and their supporters and everyone um, who, you know, gives monthly or whatever to child.org, they, you know, they tell them these stories and mm. they're very, you know, I've helped them put together, they run a, an event called the Shindig every year. And other than this past year gone, I've helped them create the um, the event um market, the communications of that okay. event with them as well. So <laughs> from silly things, Liz, like, um, going and collecting 16 ridiculously heavy wooden boards from Leeds <laughs> and driving them down in a hired van to London um, you know really really silly mm. things but um, but you know when you <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so they um, they do wonderful work and they're really open but the yeah so the sheer amount of smaller brands that we've kind of created for them is is huge yeah. that transparency of theirs is so important with with uh charities these days isn't it because we've had you know the odd scandal and and quite serious yeah. non non um you know sort of not being authentic and and open about things so it's so lovely that they're just so transparent and honest about the things they do yeah absolutely and i think you know they're great believers in the old school model of big big charities they've all worked in them and you know they they are great believers in you know that doesn't always work yeah. Um, and, you know, um, but also they don't believe that um, any charity should get, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not going to say it as well as, the, as their director, Thomas, but um, charities themselves, you know, get penalized or judged on how much they spend on admin, for example, mm -hmm. which is just so backwards. It's mm. so, so backwards and so wrong. Um you know charities do need to spend money on good people good staff they also mm. need to spend money on communications and things like branding when they need it um it's it's hugely important to the success of their output um mm. and their programming you know it's it's a requirement you need good people who care um and you need skilled people to do everything that any other normal business does and obviously pays good money for and wants to invest in so um yeah charities shouldn't be shouldn't be treated any differently so that's kind of yeah as much as there's been scandals there's a lot I think a lot of damaging um a lot of damaging talk around charities and how they use their money um so it's really refreshing to hear the likes of um Thomas and the team there talk differently about it and um yeah he's done he's done a number of smaller talks and a local TED talk about it as well and um you know they're really passionate about that and being as open and as honest as they can to ensure that the public understand you know that we we are still a business we do still need to spend money to make money and to do the best programming we possibly can in Kenya yeah 
Amazing. Um, so we, we, we probably need to start wrapping up, sadly, though it's been lovely chatting with you. I was just going to ask you, um, what brands do you love? and use regularly that you think you know you maybe a, a part of your daily life that you think of you're fully invested in <laughs> that's a good question um I'm not really sure about what I'm fully invested in. I suppose um one thing that I've really loved recently um well over the last year is watching um so obviously we all spend probably too much time on Instagram um mm-hmm. but one thread that I've been following is the iWay campaign Oh yeah, from Jamila Jamil. So, Jamila Jamil is obviously the the um, the face of of that um, of Iway. And for those who don't know, Iway is um, you should go and check it out on Instagram. It's a wonderful feed that. So the the backstory is from what I've like uh, read and listened to on other podcasts is um, that Jamila Jamil has always been um, quite the activist in terms mm. of. Um, how society kind of victimizes um a lot of us in how we look what we eat Mm. um all of that rubbish and when she she wasn't on instagram for a long time but when she rejoined she noticed that a lot of celebrities were posting um how much they weigh Mm. online which i was so disturbed by i mean i think i use instagram in a very different way to (laughs) a lot of other people um i use it to create you know creative threads that's pretty much all i look at it Mm. for but um yeah so celebrities were 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 posting their weight so she decided to start something called i weigh and instead of putting your weight you put all of your personal Mm. um you know um accolades yeah like what you're actually proud of you know you're a mother you're a sister you're um a a designer you're um you're you have anxiety you know like all of these things that create you um and it really took off and it's now it's just hit over a million followers um just uh, in the last few weeks I think and so I've been following them and their story for quite a while and was really um oh so excited to hear last year after speaking with a friend um up here um uh Danielle Gilbert um after speaking with her realizing all of the um, the people who were actually involved in the IOA campaign are based up here or were. Mm. So, um, so Jamila Jamil's, um, I think she worked with her as kind of her agent for a long time. She's called mm. Meg Ellis and she's got a wonderfully talented woman. And she has now, I think since moved over to LA to then help Jamila Jamil or partner with her in creating IOA into mm. a business instead. Wow. So they're actually really leveling up with everything. And then the agency who have done, they've just done a rebrand of it or given it a brand because it didn't really have a visual brand at Mm. all. But it had a very, it had an obvious verbal Mm. activism streak. It was wonderful. And Jamila Jamil does a wonderful, um, you know, job of all of that verbal stuff and, and, and speaking about it in exactly Mm. the way it should be spoken about but um the visual side was lacking and a company up here um ran by Mandy Barker and Daniel Gilbert called Sail Creative they're behind the new rebrand and I just I love I love what I'm seeing I love what Mm. they're doing and again they have that same challenge of everybody is using this like everyone Mm. so they have to build it in a way that templatize it in a way that people Mm. anyone can use it and also not be too attached to oh god that looks wrong or that doesn't look right um you have to be freeing with it and I I just love what they're doing and I saw on Instagram the other day that they're putting together they're currently putting together the case study for it for their website and I can't wait to see it because I'm just like guys I need to (laughs) I need to see this it looks really good um and yeah some of the visuals that they're pushing that they kind of showed on them working on it I haven't actually seen in person yet haven't seen come through on the iway stream yet so I can't wait to see more of it um that's definitely one I'm really engaged with at the minute. I think, um, you know, just that whole side of, of life. I think the older I get, the more um, of a feminist and activist I become. <laughs> so, so I'm really enjoying that kind of content. Yeah, in a, in a yeah, much... So in a positive. Yeah, it's, it is. And, it, and it's needed. You know, we've spent a lot of... You know, I've spent a lot of my years not really realising that I was doing things in a certain mm-hmm. manner. Um because of what was expected of me or or that kind of thing and yeah it's wonderful it's really great I think 
I think as having a daughter who's um, a, a sort of quite a, you know, a, a young age, quite a vulnerable age, I think, yeah. you know, having people like Jamila Jamil in the world to, to, um, to look up to is just so comforting really um, so these positive body images and and, yeah. and stuff it's just and do, just talking you know having your worth in something other than and than your looks and your weight which is what I was brought up with you know like yeah gotta be you gotta look like Kate Moss um yeah well I think so many of us were the majority of us were and I think you know yeah. from you know 2018 onwards was kind of the it felt like a bit of a turning point of like oh oh yeah be well you know because of the me too movement and everything like that it started just to get a lot more talked about and Mm -hmm. obviously the younger generations are doing wonderful things to sideline us older people um in a in a great and positive uh in a positive way but unfortunately you know we did grow up at that time where it was Mm -hmm. yeah very much about that and we measure ourselves against Mm -hmm. all sorts of the wrong things yeah it's hard to break those habits as well I think but, um, it is really help it is the more yeah the more content that we can consume mm-hmm. um around that is super important I really love as well they've started to put out um interviews like longer form interviews on um their Instagram TV mm-hmm. I'd really recommend going oh, and watching them um especially yeah. the one with Terry Crews was amazing oh, um but yeah there's yeah please do yeah um I'd go and check them out because they're it's it's really really good important content that we should all be talking about um no matter who we are yeah definitely well thank you so much for being a guest on the show I've really loved chatting with you Naomi I've had a lovely morning thanks so much so much to Naomi for being on today's show there'll be show notes and links to everything we discussed on the episode page of the website theelasticbrand.com and you can also find us on twitter at elasticbrandpod bye